one, year number four. It's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 284 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio. Hot, hot, hot Sandusky, Ohio. We had a very, very nice week of cool weather the first full week of the school year, and now we are up around 32 or 33. Not looking forward to that because there's no air conditioning and little ventilation in my classroom, so it's going to be a fun week. In this episode... I'm going to be sitting down to give you my preview for the 2023 NFL season. Not footy, but NFL. Did this last year, got it horribly wrong, I believe, if I remember correctly. Now, don't forget that if you're interested in having your local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me an email uh, or shoot me a messenger note on Facebook or something on Twitter or Instagram. I love being able to highlight these clubs. You can send me a note on my website, yankonthefooty.com, as well. The club of the episode this week are the Jinjin Eagles of the Mortlock Football League in Western Australia. This is, uh, this area is north of Perth, as is much of Western Australia, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they're having a very successful final season as their league and reserve side, along with their three netball clubs or teams, are already all in the finals playing on the 17th of this month. And their junior football team plays this weekend with a chance to have all six teams playing for championships. And this club has been around since 1973, and I want to wish the Eagles the absolute best of luck in their finals contests this year, and go out and get those flags. Now, before we jump into talking about the uh, the NFL, I just I have to uh, just take a couple of minutes and uh, talk about the uh, the other thing that has been occupying, in a good way, a lot of my uh, my. View, sports viewing, if you will, quite frankly. Of course, the NFL is coming up here pretty soon. I don't watch all 16 NFL games each weekend. I'm not. I'll do. The, I'll try to do the footy as much as I possibly can. Um, but you know, I'll watch my favorite team, uh, the Cleveland Browns, play each week because um, it's as close as I can get to self-flagellation, I guess. Uh, but because uh, they've been so bad for so long. But I think this year uh, we might see some positive signs coming from the club. But I have just be- become absolutely enamored with, hell, I might even use the word smitten, with watching cricket. And, and I've mentioned this in a couple previous episodes now, and I've not gotten to the point where I've decided to start watching uh, test cricket. I've not gone back and watched any of the Ashes or anything like that. I mean, that's a that's a that long format cricket. I one I don't really have the time to devote to that that I would like to, but uh, I've been watching the T20 cricket and I've gone back and I've watched several games in the IPL in the Pakistani league. I've watched games in the Sri Lankan league, things in the Caribbean series as well. But now that some of the 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 T20I cricket is happening. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely enjoying the heck out of that. Uh, Mitchell Marsh has put on a heck of a show. The Australian side ran roughshod over the South African team, winning all three games they were playing this week. And you know, Mitchell Marsh, Travis Head, put on a show batting for us, the Australian team, and uh, you know, Sean Abbott 
did a great job bowling with, with four wickets uh, in his four overs, surrendering only 31 runs. And I think that's a seven and seven and a quarter or seven and three quarter um, rate of runs per over. So um, efficiency is the term that I'm looking for there. But like I said, I'm becoming more and more engrossed with this each and every day. And I've been watching also the, I watched uh, uh, New Zealand and the UAE play. <clears throat> Beautiful stadium, but I was surprised at how empty it was. Now, I don't know how many New Zealand uh, citizens are going to be vacationing in Dubai uh, in July or August. I guess this was August, actually, where it's going to be a little toasty. You know, New Zealand winters, Dubai summers. There's a bit of a shift between the two of those. But, uh, you know, they then headed on to the U.K. to play against the English side. And uh, Johnny Bairstow from England uh, had a tremendous uh, 86 runs uh, from 60 balls with as England's first batsman as they won the, the second game against New Zealand. Now, the, I know they've played the third. I have not looked ahead to see the, the score on that one yet. Um, but I'm, I'm really enjoying this and and I've I've barely scratched the surface as you know and I and quite frankly I've barely scratched the surface with footy, I've tried to scratch in more places talking to local footy clubs and that sort of thing but I've I'm really just enjoying, the three dimensionalness of, uh, of cricket and again for those of you that don't know, you know I've spent most of my life I'm 60 years old as a, as a baseball fan a major league baseball fan here in the United States. But I became so disenchanted with with baseball over the last number of years, and I'm not going to belabor that point too much. But there have been some rule changes which I think are going to do damage to the game. You had players who, and teams, quite frankly, a team that quite frankly actively cheated, and then won the the championship, the World Series back in 2018, and there was very little punishment for those players that had cheated. And I think they should have been banished from the game forever, in my opinion. But, you know, as I've said, I've, I've told my son, I've, you know, I've really gotten into this. My son is still a huge baseball fan. Yeah, I, I helped him to become that. I'm, it's one of the things I'm proud of. But as he told me, he said, damn, Dad, you'll do anything to not watch baseball anymore, won't you? And uh, I think maybe he might be right. But uh, I'm, I'm truly enjoying this. Um, but don't be surprised if you don't start seeing a sprinkling of some additional cricket content uh, into the podcast as we progress into cricket season and beyond. Um, I'm still waiting to get it scheduled, but uh, I've, I've had a confirmation to sit down and talk with a gentleman who is the marketing director for Major League Cricket here in the United States. Uh, we were supposed to have that uh, discussion Tuesday of this past week. He ended up having to travel that day. We've not rescheduled yet. I'm hoping to get that rescheduled here very soon. But also, for the record, I am still trying to make a decision as to which cricket team I want to support in the BBL. I have an idea of who I want to support, but I've, I'm, I haven't narrowed it down yet. Um, and any insight, and I guess I should let you know, I'm, I'm thinking that I want to support the team in Hobart. Um, again, you know, my my decision to search along, I can't, or to support along, I kind of went with a small town. Uh, the Ford connection was certainly there. Um, I'm a little leery of Hobart only because... Uh, one of their major sponsors that I see them wearing on their shirts uh, is Cadbury. And quite frankly, um, chocolate's what got me into the position where I had to end up, uh, you know, losing uh, and continue to lose weight. I'm now down 76 kilograms in the last two years, and I still have another 20 kilograms or so that I would like to lose, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I've 
I have not been back on the scale in about two weeks, so I probably should get back on there. But uh, like I said, I'm feeling pretty good, and uh, I've not had any chocolate. So the, the Cadbury thing might end up being a deal breaker for me. So I might have to look at some of the other sponsors from some of the other clubs. And and I I don't know. I I, I did see that the the BBL had their draft, which was interesting because I saw a lot of people talking about the. Uh, the draft, then they were kind of skeptics of it because they said right after that, well, then they can go out and sign anybody else they want to that didn't get drafted, which, again, I have no clue how that draft works. But I, I saw where they, you know, when they, the draft results and uh, they mentioned that uh, that the, the, the club in Hobart had drafted an American. Well, and I went and looked. I think, believe his name is Corey Anderson. Well, he's, he's not American. He's living in the United States, uh, but he's from New Zealand. And you've probably heard the name from local test cricket or uh, T20 or test cricket, that sort of thing. You've probably heard this guy's name. I don't know much about him. I think he played in the uh, MLC this summer here. Um, but again, any insight in terms of which club I should, should support? Um, can I look past the Cadbury logo there? You know, I mean, I, I hate to say it. If I decide to support Hobart, I'm probably not going to be running out to support their major sponsor. Okay? As a Cat supporter... I do own two Fords, okay? So I uh, kind of put my money where my mouth is as far as that goes. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into my preview for um, the NFL. Oh, one last thing before I do that, though. Uh, I am going to be getting a new order in of uh, some of the stickers for the podcast. So I am wanting to share some of those with with some folks so i'm trying to figure out how i go about doing that i would love it if uh maybe uh if you're somebody who would want one that maybe you you know you, you leave a review for the podcast over on apple podcast and then maybe you send me a note uh with your mailing address and i'll drop one in the mail for you i, I i've picked up i've got uh, i believe another 10 nine or ten new or the same sticker but just nine or ten new ones that i can send out to people um so if you're interested in having one of those um you know leave a review over on apple Podcasts or leave a review over my website yankonthefooty.com and then send me an email letting me know that that in fact was you and uh share your address with me and i will get those in the post for you as soon as they arrive here now of course if you want to order your own um and i've got a couple newer ones out there. I had, I had a gentleman who's an Essendon supporter um, put a quote on uh, Twitter that I just I turned it into a uh, into a sticker because I thought it was it was really cool. What he I'd, I'd made some sort of a comment and uh, and he said, "Wow, you must be the coolest bloke in America." And I thought, I like that, so I turned that into a sticker. And of course, if you haven't seen it, um, and if you're a Carlton supporter, you're not going to appreciate this. But uh, I did have a sticker. Um, uh, that I made up uh, congratulating Lockie Neal for winning his second consecutive Brownlow last year. Um, and it kind of took a little bit of a jab at the uh, at the uh, folks making the decision to allow Patrick Cripps to play at the end of the season rather than getting suspended the tribunal um, with that one. So if you're, if you're a Brisbane supporter or you're somebody that just likes to hate on Carlton, you might like that one as well. So, you know, you can also get these things as like a t-shirt. If you choose to do so, you want to support the podcast that way, you can certainly do that. You can also click on that, buy me a coffee button over there in the bottom left-hand corner of my website at yankonthefooty.com. There's a link to it on my Twitter page at yank underscore on. Um, so if you want to help out the show, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Helps keep the lights on. Um, 
some of that may be getting used uh, in my my plan to make uh, the trip to Australia next footy season. And if again, if you've got any pull with uh, AFL House and you can get the fixture out for the 2024 season, if you get that out soon, I can start looking at flights a little bit more closely. I've been eyeballing some uh, in the time frame where I think I'm probably going to be there, and uh, and the prices have actually dropped a little bit. Uh, so. You also have to let me know what you think about the different airlines. I've been looking at Qantas. Uh, I've heard other things. You know, I've, I've looked at like New Zealand Air also. Um, uh, I think it's American Airline or United that also flies into uh, into Melbourne as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've got a little bit of time to think about that. But, again, I, I'm hoping to spend three and a half, maybe four weeks in Australia next footy season. I want to see as much footy as I possibly can. At the local level, I want to meet up hopefully with some of these local clubs that I've uh, spoken with or had the chance to talk with uh, during the course of the podcast, get to as many games as I possibly can. You know, am I going to get out of the state of Victoria? I'm hoping so. And that's, and that's not a shot on Victoria. I'm just hoping that I can you know, see as much as I possibly can in the time that I'm there. That's what my hope is. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into my, my preview uh, and my predictions for the 2023 NFL season. And, uh, you know, there's a number of, you know, folks, if you go back to, like, episodes uh, 242, 243, 44, 45, 49, 249, and then 251. Those are all episodes that I did with trying to promote the AFL to NFL fans. But it could work in the inverse. And many of those folks, you know, 251 was an interview with Darren Bennett. You know, long-time Essendon um, goal kicker, long-time San Diego Chargers punter as well. I spoke with Thomas McMillan from the Any Given Sunday podcast. I talked with a couple of Americans who are big footy fans. Uh, Dave Evan Smith, who's part of the Browns backers in the Melbourne area as well. Daz from the NFL Down Under podcast and the Daz Talks Footy show as well. Adam Schultz from Fan Nation. Uh, all talking about why Americans would love the AFL, but these are folks that love the NFL as well. Um, so let's go ahead and we're going to jump into, we're going to go by division by division. So if you're an NFL fan, you kind of know how this works. You know, there are two conferences, the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference. You have four teams in each of those divisions. They play each other twice. So there's six of their now 17 games. And each team then will play two other divisions, um, rotating throughout the course of the, the years and then a couple of other games based upon where they they finished up last year. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the NFC, okay? And we're going to start in the NFC East. And uh, the NFC East has, I have, again, this year, I have Philadelphia finishing at the top there with a record of 14-3. and three. I have the New York Giants finishing at 12-5. and five. And I, I should mention, let me stop here real quickly, I went through a game-by-game simulator. And I did. I went through each of the matchups week by week all through the season, okay, to come up with the 17-game the results for each club, or each team. And, uh, you know, I didn't look at the standings of the clubs as I was going along. I was kind of looking, you know, at who I thought was going to win each game each week, you know, what kind of trends am I seeing, that sort of thing. So Philadelphia finishing 14-3 and in first place. The New York Giants finishing in second place at 12 and five. I have the Dallas Cowboys slumping a little bit, finishing at six and 11 this year. And Cowboys fans, I know you're pissed off at me right now for saying that. And then I've got the Washington Commanders, who are now 
out from under the control of that slime bucket owner, Daniel Snyder. Um, just a real sleazebag. I've got the Redskins. Oops, sorry. The Commanders. <laughs> I'm old, remember. I have the Commanders finishing at three wins and 14 losses. And then we move to the NFC North. And this is interesting because we're starting to shift. I, I see a shift happening with the NFC North, okay? I've got Detroit. Yes, the Detroit Lions, who just like the Browns, have never been to the Super Bowl. And they've, you know, they've won an NFL championship much further back than the Browns. The Browns have at least won an NFL championship in my lifetime, 1964. I was in diapers. Again, I hope I'm not back in diapers when they win it again. So I've got Detroit winning the NFC North with a record of 13-4. and four. I have the Chicago Bears bouncing back and starting to make a bit of an ascendancy. I think Justin Fields is going to have a tremendous year this year. I think he takes that big leap forward in year three. I've got them finishing at 11-6. and six. I have the Minnesota Vikings taking just a slight step back, finishing with a record of 8-9. and nine. And quite frankly, and my wife's cousin Amina, who lives in Switzerland, is not going to like this, but I've got the Green Bay Packers just basically falling off of a cliff and finishing the year at 3-14. and 14. No Aaron Rodgers, no Aaron Magic at Lambeau. Okay, I, I think Jordan Love will end up being an okay quarterback, but he's not Aaron Rodgers quite yet. I could be completely wrong about this, folks, all right? But, uh, yeah, you saw how I did with my, my AFL predictions this year. Remember, I didn't even have Collingwood finishing in the top eight. I also didn't have Fremantle there, even if they, even though they made it last year. So got that one. Of course, and I did not have the Giants in. Um, then we go to the NFC West, the NFC West, and I have the San Francisco 49ers finishing at 14 and three to win the NFC West. I've got Seattle finishing at eight and nine. The Arizona Cardinals, which, by the way, uh, for those of you that don't know, the Cardinal is the state bird of the state that I live in here in Ohio. Cardinals don't generally migrate to um, Arizona, I don't believe. I think they head south, but I don't think they head southwest. Um, so I've got Arizona finishing at 3-14. and 14. And then I have the Los Angeles Rams, who won the Super Bowl just a few years ago, locking up the top spot in the 2024 NFL Draft, finishing with only one win and 16 losses. Now, I'm probably wrong on that, but again, like I said, I went through and I simulate. I, I, I tipped each game, kind of like the squiggle thing that we all use. Okay, I went through and did that with every one of the 272 games of the NFL season this year. And I'll put a link to that uh, that uh, website if you want to do this yourself. Okay, and then we have the NFC South, and you know I think you could make an argument, and it might be a valid argument that the NFC South, along with the AFC South, might actually be the two weakest divisions in the NFL. I think New Orleans, um, no Drew Brees. Uh, I think New Orleans is going to win this one. I have them finishing with a record of 15 wins and two losses, and that's partly because of the other three teams in their division. So they've got, you know, they've got a shot at winning six games right there in their division. I have the Atlanta Falcons... Dropping back a little bit, though, finishing at 6 wins and 11 losses. I also have Tampa Bay finishing at 6 wins and 11 losses. And the Carolina Panthers finishing at 4 wins and 13 losses with their rookie quarterback, their number one pick, uh, the quarterback out of Alabama. So then let's go over to the AFC East now. We're back in the American Football Conference, and I have the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC East with a record of 15-2. and two. And then the New York Jets 
with Aaron Rodgers now at the helm, very solid defense, uh, finishing with a record of 12 wins and 5 losses. Then the Miami Dolphins finishing at 10 wins and 7 losses. And the New England Patriots bringing up the rear, Bill Belichick's team bringing up the rear with a record of 5 wins and 12 losses. And then we head to the excuse me, the AFC North. And I think you could make an argument that the AFC North might just be the toughest division in the NFL. I really think that that's the case, okay? I, and as much as it pains me to say this, because I'm not, I, I respect the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. I really do. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this division. Cincinnati's won it the last couple of years. I've got the Steelers winning this one with a record of 13-4. and four. I have Cincinnati and Cleveland both finishing up the year with a record of 12-5. and five. And then I have the Baltimore Ravens finishing up the season at, with a record of 8 wins and 9 losses. Okay, 8 wins and 9 losses there. So, again, you know, your, your last place team in that division has, has 8 wins. One game below level. So, I, uh, I just think it's the toughest uh, division in the league. We then head out to the AFC West and Kansas City um, back up at top again with uh, Patrick Mahomes with a record of 15-2. and two. I don't think we're going to see his brother around the stadium much right now. I think he got himself in a little bit of trouble. Uh, the San Diego, I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers, my first NFL game that I saw was in 1970 in San Diego. It was the San Diego Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers finishing the record of 12-5. and five. So even though they are the tenets of the stadium owned by the Rams owner, I think they're going to have a significantly better season. And we'll see if Rams fans start showing up to watch the Chargers play because the Chargers generally don't draw very big crowds at home or at the stadium that they play at. I'm going to still argue that their home is in San Diego. The Las Vegas Raiders finishing with a record of four wins and 13 losses. And then the Denver Broncos under Sean Payton, the former Saints coach, finishing with a record of three wins and 14 losses. And then we head to the AFC South. And this is where we have the club that has scuffled for many years, although they did come back this last year and have a really good season. They had a great season. I've got Jacksonville actually finishing with a record of 15-2. and two. So I actually have one, two, three, four teams this year finishing with only two losses. I doubt that they're actually going to end up with numbers quite that good, but just from the simulations that I went through, um, I, I just thought that that would be, you know, that that's likely what's going to end up happening. I have Tennessee, the Titans, finishing with a record of six wins and 11 losses. Then the Houston Texans with uh, C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, leading the way there with four wins and 13 losses. And the Indianapolis Colts, who are just kind of scuffling right now, I have them finishing with a record of two wins and 15 losses. So there's my uh, predictions for the season. Okay. Now, I think that Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Tigers, is going to be the NFL coach of the year. I just think the Tigers, are, the Tigers, the Lions, oh my. Um, little uh, Wizard of Oz reference there for you. For those of you who don't know baseball at all, there are also there's also a team called the Detroit Tigers, the baseball team there. So I call them yeah, the Tigers and the Lions there. Um, no Bears in uh, Detroit, however. Uh, Dan Campbell of the Detroit Lions, I have him winning the coach of the year. I just think that that club is ready to really start making a press forward. Um, I think they'll go as far as Jared Goff will take them, the quarterback. 
uh, and and we'll see what happens with that then. I think, of course, you know, if you follow the NFL at all, um, Demar Hamlin, who collapsed on the field last year, the Buffalo Bills safety uh, had to be revived, uh, CPR compressions, things like that. Spent time in the hospital. He's back playing this year. He's back playing this year. The NFL does something each year with what they call the Comeback Player of the Year. If he comes back and plays this year and stays healthy all year and does not get injured, I think we can go ahead and say he's going to win that. Okay? I think he's going to win that. I think it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to take that that award. And I wish him all the best. Now, I do think that uh, somebody who I'm really looking forward to seeing actually rebound a little bit. Uh, He used to be the Browns quarterback, and again, I'm a Browns fan. I think Baker Mayfield's going to have a heck of a year with Tampa. He's kind of settled in there. Um, You know, they haven't brought in anybody, you know, as a high draft pick. I mean, he is. He was the number one pick in the draft back in 2018, I believe, 2017, something like that, uh, with the Browns. I just think Mayfield has got a lot of talent. He's got a great pair of wide receivers down there, and uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I, I'm just looking forward to seeing what happens uh, with, with them. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but I think he's going to play pretty well. So let's get to the playoffs then. You know, the, 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 remember, the, the team that finishes with the best record gets the bye. They get a week off. So one team in each conference gets a, gets a bye week. So Kansas, Kansas City has the first week of the playoffs off, as does New Orleans for finishing with the best record. Okay? So the first three games of the, of the AFC, I have Pittsburgh defeating the New York Jets. I have Buffalo defeating Cincinnati, and I have Cleveland going on the road and defeating Jacksonville. I think Cleveland's running game is going to work out well for them, and I have Cleveland defeating Jacksonville in Florida. Uh, And then on the NFC side, I've got the Detroit Lions defeating the New York Giants. I've got San Francisco 49ers defeating the Chicago Bears, and the Philadelphia Eagles defeating the Seattle Seahawks. All right, so that's that's the wild card round. And then we get to the divisional round. So now we're down to our final eight teams, kind of like where we are in the, uh, in the AFL. And on the uh, AFC side, I have the Buffalo Bills defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I have the Kansas City Chiefs, as much as it pains me to say it, defeating my Cleveland Browns. I would love to say, the, I would love to say yeah, I'm going to have the Browns go into the Super Bowl this year. And trust me, I would be ecstatic if that was the case. I, I don't know. I won't be shocked if it happens. I'll be thrilled. But there are, there are so many good teams in the AFC. I just don't know if they can get over that hump this first year. Um, it may take them another year of, of, of growth uh, with Deshaun Watson. So I've got Kansas City defeating the Cleveland Browns. And then on the NFC side, I've got San Francisco defeating Philadelphia. And then I have Detroit defeating New Orleans. So Detroit uh, heading down to New Orleans and getting a road win against the Saints at the Mercedes-Benz Dome. And then we get to the conference championship games. And I have Kansas City defeating Buffalo in Kansas City. And I have San Francisco in, uh, they don't play in San Francisco, they play outside of San Francisco. I have San Francisco beating the Detroit Lions. So that means we have Kansas City and San Francisco in the Super Bowl. And... uh, my hope is that San Francisco actually has a healthy quarterback in their final game of the year. Remember, uh, for those of you who follow the game, they ran out of quarterbacks. Their starting quarterback, who was the last player picked in the draft last year by the name of, by the name of Brock Purdy out of Iowa State, he tore a ligament in his elbow, in his throwing arm, during the game last year with Philadelphia. And literally, they had their other quarterback had a concussion. He was not allowed to come back into the game. 
So all this kid could do was to take a snap from the center, they would hike the ball to him, and he could hand it off to people. He could not throw the football. So for basically half the game, the Eagles knew that the 49ers could do nothing but run the football. So they could put as many people up as they wanted at the line of scrimmage to try to stop the run, and they did. So I think a healthy 49ers team is going to get over on them, or is going to get past them this year and beat them in the divisional round. And I have San Francisco beating the Kansas City Chiefs to win Super Bowl. I think it's 58 this year. I don't know where it's being played, but I have I have them winning Super Bowl 58. Now, I'm not a 49ers fan at all. I'm not a Chiefs fan. But uh, I just think that this is a really talented club, and I think if Brock Purdy comes back healthy, I think this is a club that could just could could win it. Again, I won't be I won't be shocked if any of the teams that I have tipped to play the playoffs win the, win the Super Bowl. None of them would surprise me. Okay, I guess the Browns, the Lions might surprise me a little bit. I, you know, it's but uh, I just I the Jets because the Jets have been so bad for so long as well. But I think that you know Robert Sala is good, a great head coach. I think for them as well. So there are my predictions for the 2023 NFL season. Um, it gets started this weekend, actually in just a couple of days on Thursday night. I believe the Lions play the Chiefs on Thursday night in Kansas City. So looking forward to seeing that. Remember, folks, you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. Get on the mailing list. I've had a few new people subscribe here recently. Uh, if you want to leave a review, you can do that on my website. Uh, you can leave it out on Apple Podcasts as well, like I said first uh, eight or ten people that uh, do that and then send me uh, their contact information on uh, an email at yankonthefootygmail.com or they send me a message on my website as well. You can do that there as well. I'll get a uh, sticker for the podcast out to you. If you want to help out the podcast and get some other gear there, you can certainly do that over uh, at my store page. There's a link to that up on the top of my website. If you want to help out the podcast, you can click on that Buy Me a Coffee button as well. If you've got an idea for a guest, remember, I'm going to be starting up here pretty soon on the most memorable game episodes. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing those here pretty soon. So if you if you are somebody you know, who has a memorable game, reach out. I'd love to talk to you. Um, by the first week or so of November, my announcing um, gigs will have pretty much dried up for the year. So I have I have some of my more of my evenings free. Uh, to sit down and do interviews with folks to talk about footy, to talk a little bit about cricket as well. Uh, because, like I said, I've become a little smitten with the game. Um, so, love to chat with you about that. And again, like I said, get on the mailing list. I'd love to, to hear from you. Ladies and gents, look out for one another. Check up on your friends and family. Reach out to them. Tell them you love them. You know, I had the, uh, I had the, the honor of doing a moment of silence at our uh, first football game this past weekend. Um, had a, uh, a gentleman who coached at our school. I uh, passed away at the age of 88 uh, back in June. And he designed like the, the athletics jacket that if, 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 an ath- if a student athlete at our school um, earns a varsity letter, they're able to wear one of these jackets and he designed these jackets and I didn't realize that. You know, he passed away, like I said, at the age of 88. He played college football here in the United States as well. So I wanted to, I paid tribute to him. But then also about three weeks ago, we had a young man who I had as a student that um, passed away at the age of 41 unexpectedly. And I, I 
I don't want to say definitively what happened, but uh, I, I think I have a bit of an idea. And un unfortunately, in today's you know society, the way things are going on, something unfortunately unseemly happened that might have been. Uh, um, there was no malice. There was no intent on on this young man's part. But you know, I believe that something might have been consumed that that met his demise. But he happened to be the grandson of the other gentleman that I we did the moment of silence for. And grandfather was 88. The grandson was 41. And this young man uh, was the leader, one of the leaders on our team when we won a state championship back in November of 1999. And he was the best high school football player I have ever seen play in person. And it was my privilege to um, to be able to be involved with him. I had him as a student. I got to tell, you know, his, his mom was very pleased with the uh, with the announcement uh, that, that I that I made to the stadium. She would, she, I'm going to get her a paper copy of it uh, tomorrow. I'll print it out for one of her friends that teaches at my building. But I told her a story. I told him when I had him as a student one day, I had him as a, as a 10th grader, so out of the 12th grades, and he fell asleep in class. And, you know, he wasn't the greatest of students. He, he, he was very capable, but he didn't always put as much forth as that, the effort that he needed to do to be as successful as he could be. He dozed off in class one day, and he fell asleep during fourth period. And he woke up during sixth period. So fifth period, I had lunch, so there was nobody in my room. He, he, fell, asleep, he fell asleep in my room. I knew he had lunch and study hall that period. I just, I didn't wake him up. He woke up during sixth period, the next class to come in. And he looked around the room and he's like, these kids aren't in my class. And I said, yeah, you're right. So he asked him when he wakes up and gets himself, you know, um, gets the sleep out of his eyes, if you will. And he says, can, can you write me a pass so I can go to my next class? And I told him, nah, you go ahead and tell them what happened. But tell them I'll talk to them later. Uh, and I sent him on his way. And this was a, this was a, a, very solidly built young man. He was he was like six foot two and weighed about two hundred and thirty pounds. And again he was forty one years old. I saw him last football season at one of our games and he looked like he could still go out and carry the football for a hundred yards during the course of a game just last year, even though he'd been out of high school for over twenty years. He played a little college football as well. But uh John, you will be missed. You're a wonderful kid. Um and you left this school district with some great memories. So, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate the kind words and the support as always. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 284 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget, again, that you can reach me at yank underscore on, on Twitter, yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook or to yankonthefooty.com. Folks, thanks for listening. I do hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family, especially this one. If you know people who are NFL fans or maybe want to come, maybe want to come in and talk about cricket sometime in the near future, share this one with them so they can tell me where I'm so full of beans that uh, you should make a burrito out of this episode. Okay, because maybe I'm completely wrong. Like I said, I got Collingwood just a little bit wrong this year because I didn't have them playing finals. I didn't think they were going to win all those close games. And they said, well, it's fine. We'll just go in by wider margins. Take it easy, folks. Goodbye. <laughs>